Around 95% of U.S. residents have a mobile phone. In fact, you probably are listening on a mobile device right now. Today, we talk about how to increase donations on that crazy little device. Stay with us. This is Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Mobile, mobile everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Uh, We are talking about how we get increased donations across uh, mobile platforms, right? We have SMS, we have the mobile donation via cell phone carrier, via web platform, using your credit card. There's so many different ways to give, but how do we make it easy? What data are there to suggest one is better than the other? And what are some of the considerations when we wander into this world? Well, we're talking with a definite expert in the space, Sean McNeil, the CEO of Mobile Cause. Uh, Mobile Cause is a uh, mobile and online fundraising solution for, for nonprofits. And we learn a lot, actually, in our discussion and hopefully get you thinking about how you are engaging your mobile donors. I'm here with the CEO of Mobile Cause, Sean McNeil. Thanks for joining us, Sean. Thank you very much, George. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, alrighty. I'll I'll start with what is a mobile cause? Can I have one? Yes, you can. So uh, <laughs> we work with uh, nonprofit organizations on their fundraising initiatives and help them raise money and engage with their donors and really help encourage you know, long enduring relationships. And in our world, our smart for smartphone world today, um, everything seems to be very mobile centric. So uh, we, that's uh, what, what our company's about and what the name's about. Brilliant. And what sort of uh, what sort of organizations use mobile cause so we can get an idea of who's using it and, and how they're leveraging it? Yeah, so we really work with just we work exclusively with nonprofit organizations. Really, how we help them attract more donors and inspire recurring donations, and we have this really robust engagement platform and services we use, and really help our clients to accelerate their fundraising and donor engagement. And we've been doing this for a lot of years. We've really been a pioneer in the mobile and online giving space, and. As, as a result, we've really been become trusted by you know, many large organizations in the space, such as United Way or Habitat for Humanity or Salvation Army, uh, for large national organizations, and then many state and even a lot of local organizations um, that uh, um, that use our, our, our platform and, and services. And so far, our, our efforts uh, um, have driven over more than 20 million donors on our platform now. That's awesome. So walk me through this. How how does mobile giving work? Are we talking about like text to give? Am I going to a, you know, an app? Am I clicking donate buttons? What am I doing? Sure. So um, I'd probably just maybe rephrase a little bit in that, you know, I think we have a maybe mobile centric world. Um, everything we look at is actually not necessarily as an app um, or mobile only. Um, I think mobile is just one channel. And I think one of the challenges in a space, especially with a lot of us that provide technology, is we try to create a little bit of confusion between the specific channel and audience. And really what's required, you know, as we look at being focused on the donor and about supporters, 
is how do you look at multiple channels and mobile just being one and how do we engage effectively across multiple channels to create a better experience engagement and then ultimately get donations uh, from those donors and so for for mobile you know we look at the world as being um, a mobile first and mobile centric um, but everything is that we build is is responsive web design so it's mobile responsive that means it works really well on your PC or your tablet or your mobile device seamlessly without any effort. Um, and then um, from a technology point of view, um, as a platform, instead of a point piece, not just text or not just a page or, or a keyword, it's it's 25 different point solutions that we've, in, that we've built and integrated into a single online experience platform where you no longer have to have multiple logins and, and different accounts to to use technology uh, for a digital experience. Um, and you don't have to have inconsistent donor data. A lot of our clients have had four or five different point solutions and end up managing uh, those, those, those uh, you know, technologies on spreadsheets to manage their donors and um, also just creating a better donor experience. So by having an integrated approach, you know, one simple, easy way to engage the donors. Um, everything is mobile first, mobile responsive. It's a great experience on any type of device uh, that you're on. And that that's really been our focus. And in a smartphone world these days, it tends to be mobile centric, and we tend to do an exceptional job. And some unique things we we do still that is one of our differentiators is text and short codes and keywords. Those make really powerful call to actions or additive call to actions in addition to email and social um, engagement as well. So what is the difference between me texting a number in and donating versus, uh, let's say, going to a mobile platform and, and donating the donate button? Um, basically, there is um, the difference is uh, if you go online, it doesn't matter. We you know support a wide variety of those things as well. Go online and donate, or engage, or you know click on a survey, or maybe it's uh, um, some sort of advocacy engagement. Um, you know, you're going online, but texting um, or, or texting and getting a link back or having somebody push a message to you doesn't mean you have to hunt around, and look for that website or that specific link or donation. It, it actually saves a few steps and in a. In a world where we're all really busy, sometimes getting those things as fast messages uh, top of mind in front of you is very helpful. And, you know, email is really good for some sort of communication. Um, text is also very good. It tends to have a very high open rate. But it all depends on the content and what you're trying to do um, and, and, and how people actually engage with it. But there is a 98% open rate on text messages, so you tend to get a very high open rate and then, it really depends on that call to action and, and, and how you're communicating with that donor, or prospective donor, on then um, what type of you know what type of um, actions they take from that. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think some people listening may have heard of you know these classic text messaging huge campaigns where you know millions of dollars are raised in minutes, and I, I'm kind of curious. For someone trying to decide at their nonprofit whether or not uh, they should have a text to give uh, campaign or, or solution, what are the criteria that you know you're you're sort of looking for when it comes to like acquiring that list or or generating those donations? Yeah, and so 
a couple of things just to put a little context around it is I think a lot of mobile giving started off, uh, and it was ourselves as well that started off in something called text to give, which was really carrier billing where you can put $10 or up to $25 on your cell phone bill. And that's how the industry got started. Um, we actually just shut down that service um, uh, at the end of last year as more of a legacy service. I refer to it as more of a flip phone service versus a smartphone phone service. Um, mainly because it was really restrictive. Um, so the original technology adoption in the safe space for mobile giving was based on that phone bill, carrier billing, where you can put that $10 or $25 with a text on your on your cell phone bill. The challenge we found is it was really it was really disappointing for the majority of our clients in that there were limits. So you have to have over $500,000 in, in uh, a size of an organization to qualify. So it eliminated a lot of organizations that really did have a need they couldn't qualify to do text to give um it also only individuals can donate um on individual um uh, plans on your cell phone provider um so most people today are on family plans or group plans and so they're eliminated they're not allowed to to donate on those plans and it's not that great of a donor experience and and then also from a data point of view is there's really no information that's been given back to the nonprofit on on that donation or, or the donor. There it's it's quite a restrictive if it's not there's not good information to then do further follow up on. And then lastly, it can take sixty to ninety days for the um, for the nonprofit to get their money. So if there's really a great need and they can raise a lot of money quickly, waiting sixty, you know, two to three months to get the money when you have a great need and there's impact required um, seems a little backwards to us, and it created a lot of poor experiences for donors and for uh, nonprofits. And so we actually were one of the original innovators in that space, and we've moved away from it for a variety of those reasons. And uh, we offer the same functionality for text, but through credit card instead of the limitation of the ten or twenty-five dollars. And so we offer the same service where you can text keywords short codes um, and um, raise more money immediately. And on a credit card or debit card, uh, the money goes immediately the next day into the nonprofit account. And the instead of a $25 donation, our average, actually we just did part of the hurricane relief with Catholic Charities as one of our clients. And they did a significant response to Harvey and then also to Irma. Um, we put together a disaster relief campaign with them. I'm using our platform, and they've over five million dollars now has been raised, and the average donations up over a hundred and I think one hundred and forty five dollars. Um, so the other thing we found with the text to give or the more legacy um, mobile giving is it tended to limit the donation and it was an opportunity cost. So I don't know if that's helpful in a context. Yeah. Of, but so I get a text message and it says enter in your credit card information or does it take me to basically a, a mobile friendly site when I click through? Is that what's going on? You can do all of the above um, or many other options. So when you're asked to you know, text give to uh, a short code like you know, 71777, you can you have the option to put any type of form up you, you may want. I mean, we have people that'll put a petition up or survey or some sort of advocacy or even a video to help compel and inspire uh, the donor. You can ask directly for a donation, have a donation page up where you put a Visa, your MasterCard, Amex, your, you know, your ATM debit card. Um, we also support PayPal if they want to use PayPal. 
um, to make it really simple. And because, um, you know, it's all the latest technology, it does autofill, or if you have Apple Pay and you have your credit card saved, it'll automatically fill in all the information. It's secure. It's as secure as online banking. So it's very safe to be able to donate that way. Um, it gives the donors options on one-time or recurring gifts. And the system automatically, once you make a gift, um, will send automated tax receipts because that reinforces the giving and makes them feel good. And there's a lot of best practices around that where we, we really encourage our clients to um, customize um, the, the ask and the donation form and brand it for that initiative so that when a donor sees the page that they're giving their money on and giving them your credit card, it shows up with their name and the initiative and it reinforces the giving, make them feel comfortable that what they're giving to is going to the appropriate place. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the metrics that people should be paying attention to when it comes to their, um, to their online giving? Sure. So, I mean, amount of donations raised, average amount of donations are, you know, a lot of the things we hear about, you know, the number of total of new donors, that's, that's obviously an important metric. Uh, a lot of the advantages of using a digital platform, a mobile is just a piece of it, um, is, is acquiring new donors and, and access to them. This is particularly important for local or state level organizations um, that have the opportunity for their cause to, to broaden their reach. And it's kind of, it's kind of the game of, you know, how many degrees of separation can you get access to um, uh, by tapping into your, your loyal donors and followers and then getting to their friends and family. Um, and that's that's part of the virility and the aspect of, of uh, digital that you can take advantage of. So no, new donors is a really important metric. Um, or also new subscribers or followers. Um, it's not it's not just all about giving. It's, you know, new email, new text, new social followers, um, being able to build that online and digital presence is, is really important. Recurring donors, um, I think one of the challenges in our entire industry is there's such a high turnover rate of people donate one time and then never donate again. And um, so how do we really work on building programs to get those recurring and ongoing supporters? Uh, and that's that's an important metric. And then identifying out of all those you know potential major donors, um, we see a really nice path and an evolution in the donor cycle of people, particularly recurring donors, that can turn into major donors and and they, you know can be developed further. And we really try to work with our clients to help them identify those so they can then further engage uh, on those people um, for longer term, larger support. Um, one of the one of the interesting things we've seen recently, and we don't see a lot of people talking about George is. It's not just one-time donors or recurring. There's actually a lot of repeat donors um, where they don't like doing recurring, but they'll give again and again and again, but just one time, but they're repeat donors. And there seems to be um, uh, an increase in kind of the ability to create repeat donors. Um, But the engagement of that donor is key. It's not just about always asking for money. It's how do you build a rapport, a relationship, stickiness with with those prospective donors um, to be able to then, you know, ask them for money. And it's hard to do if you just ask them for money up front. You you typically need to slow down a little bit and and build that kind of engagement first before asking for money. Can you say a little bit more about the cycle time of when I first get an email or when I first get someone's mobile number? How long, how many messages should I send? Uh, How long should it take to expect a donation? Sure. So, um, well, I mean, we don't tell our clients what to do. We give them the best practices and suggestions on, you know, we 
like we have over 20 million donors in our platform. We have a really good idea of, of how to engage donors and what works well. Um, some people are very compelled just to ask for money right away. Um, we really try to ask our clients to resist that. Um, so, you know, if uh, we have a new client, for example, signs up, what would be the first step? First step is we would we would um, load their entire CRM into the platform. Um, we would um, scrub the information, identify, you know, uh, mobile numbers, emails, things like that, categorize the donors for them, and then look at, you know, how to engage them and, and work on a, a set of practices. And we have a three-to-one rule on how do we build rapport first with the donor before asking. So simple things that people don't always do is like thanking a donor. So working on an email, on a text, um, on, a, on a simple thank you for support um, over the last year or after an initiative, a lot of organizations still fail to thank their donors appropriately. Um, uh, the second one is um, after that first communication on a thank you is then the second thing is to tell, tell the donors what you did, what was the impact. Uh, we find probably close to 50% of organizations fail to inform their donors what they did, what was the impact of what they did, and showing them that impact. And that's really, really powerful as far as creating engagement. Um, and so that's an important element. And then the third message we typically recommend is then tell them about something new. You know, tell them about a new initiative. They already supported you once. You thanked them. You told them about what they did with that money and demonstrated the impact they had. Now you're going to tell them about something new going on. Then you've earned the right. You've engaged with them to ask uh, for additional support. And that can happen over a, a three-week period or a three-month period, depending on how you're engaging. Um, I really encourage people not to email and text daily. That's a really poor practice. Weekly is fine or twice a month, uh, but also not leave it too long. If you're only sending messages to somebody every three months, that's probably too long and people tend to then forget about you fade into the background. And, and every organization is a little different. Um, we have some churches, for example, that that literally send out daily scripture and they can really be very heavy on messaging versus other organizations that you know, it may just be appropriate for their particular audience to do a monthly update um, and, 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 and feedback. Video is becoming extremely popular for that, though. So it depends on what you're sending in the content. Um, we like to encourage people to send combinations of email, text, and social posts to do really leveraging three channels. And, um, and, and then sending the video as a text we have close to 100% um, open and watch rate on video um, when you get engaged donors, and it can be really compelling and really help draw in, you know, those donors and build that rapport before you make an ask. And those those are important elements, and we can then see conversions on campaigns after you've done those things to warm up somebody to build a rapport. You can get a four to five times greater response rate on donations um, versus just upfront just asking for money. Ah, so. Just to repeat on that, uh, when you do the multi-channel messaging all at once, some people may be thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, isn't that annoying? Why are you hitting me up on all these channels? But can you repeat some of those stats actually with regard to the, the lift that your clients at least have seen? Yeah, so if you just send a message saying, give me your money. Uh, give me money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if somebody comes up and just throws a donation page in front of your face, you know, give me your money, uh, pull out your credit card. Um, we're, we're, we're over solicited in today's environment. Um, and we have to keep in mind too that, you know, the number of nonprofits over the last 15 years has doubled. 
and you know there's there's local organizations state organizations big nationals were bombarded with you know uh, with information about supporting organizations so um there's a lot of people um through direct mail email online consistently asking for support and so a lot of what's happened is we, we have to be a little more savvy now with the consumer, with the donor about how do we create that rapport and engagement first, earn the right to ask for that support. And then you create more stickiness and long-term engagement. And that's, that's probably the core thing you can do. And when you do that, you actually convert at a much higher rate. And so if you just the first time engaging with somebody say, here's a donation page, give me your money. You get very small um, percentages of conversion. If you've warmed them up and created an engagement over a three to five week period, you can literally increase your conversion rates four to five times. But you have to be patient. Um, you don't send the same information on email that you do texting and social. They're different kinds of communication. So copying and pasting your email and putting in a text message is annoying. Um, so you don't do that. But often we recommend actually start off with a, you know, with a good social campaign, um, with some information, sharing some information, maybe a video. Facebook Live is an incredibly popular thing now to help communicate, tell stories, send an email, reinforcing, messaging that, maybe a little bit more information, a little bit of background or talk about the impact. Uh, and then and also the text is really just reinforcing it. Um, again, with maybe just a link to video where it's a very short message referring to the campaign or the email and then with a video that's exciting and it's compelling and it kind of pulls you in. So we have a whole series of practices and services that we have a lot of data around um, over thousands of campaigns of what works and what doesn't work. And we tend to tailor those per customer or type of organization because people who are in um, human services um, versus healthcare versus higher education or K to 12 or, you know, churches, the audience is a little different. We have to respect that there's a difference in audience. And so the approach and, and, and some of the tactics should be different. And it's one of the things we try to work with our clients on. Does that answer your question, George? It does. Thank you. And it's a, it's a, just a, a good reminder that we don't want to think about these channels in, in isolation. We want to obviously work together. Which leads us to, John, our pro versus con game. Are you ready? I am ready, George. I'm not sure if I'm going to win, though, because uh, it's your rules. But I'll, I'm, I'm willing to play anyway. Do your best. That's all we can ask. All right. So our topic <laughs> our topic is, I'm just going to go nice and broad on it. Uh, you talk about mobile first giving. So pro con, mobile first giving. You pro. can choose. You can choose pro. Are you going to go pro on mobile first giving? Okay, that leaves me on the con side. So, here we go. I've seen on mobile uh, that oftentimes, though I'm opening it, I, uh, I'm i too busy for that. Uh, because I'm on mobile, I'm more likely to be moving around and not stationary, and, you know, it's kind of one and done for me. How do you respond? Pro on that would be um, we are busy, and we're, uh, you know, driving in cars, picking kids up from school, at work, and meetings. Um, one of the nice things about mobile, though, and some of the things that we do with text is the ability to, um, you know, if there's not a response, is to do a repeat response. And um, the other thing on mobile is that you're actually more likely to see it and do something on mobile than you would if it's on your PC. Because you always said, I mean, we, we have our phones with us all the time now. I mean, I'm most of us even use our phones for our alarm clock, leave it next to our bed. 
Um, so it's uh, it's something that you have a much higher likelihood on mobile to initially get that and see that um, a reminder later on because people do get busy is, is appropriate and you know not not going beyond maybe two or three reminders but that tends to create the best engagement and then you can also um, follow up with email but email if you have a 98 percent open rate on text message and you have a 15 to 18 percent open rate on email. Um, there's just a big difference and people tend to get overwhelmed with email and a lot of solicitations and it's more easily lost in our busy lives in email than it is on on text. Okay. My next point. Uh, isn't the average gift size when people are donating on mobile, average gift size generally smaller than, let's say, an in-person event or even if they were on desktop? Uh, aren't people just cheap when it comes to like, all right, I'm on this phone you're going to get like a fraction of what you could have uh, ultimately potentially cannibalizing a list. Let's say you have a Richard Branson on your list and he feels like his charitable giving's over after clicking a button that gives you 50 bucks. Sure. Um, I would absolutely agree with you on, on, um, on a text to give when it comes to carrier billing, because it limits you to $10 or $25 and there's a huge opportunity cost. One of the reasons we, we uh, sunset that service we see no difference on mobile giving uh, versus online giving. And remember, we have 20 million donors on our platform now. Um, in fact, we've seen quite high donations. We just had a donation yesterday for over $100,000. Um, I'm not going to see who the organization was, but for Hurricane Harvard Relief, they put it in their Amex card. Um, we had, I think, our largest donation this year actually was $150,000 um, uh, for an event, and they did it on their mobile phone. So it's really the limit of of um, really the limit of what's on your credit card dictates, and I think a lot of people today don't differentiate what goes on between PC, um, tablet, or mobile. Credit cards, credit card. They're used to mobile banking. Um, we don't see the average gift size differentiated or changing between if somebody donates on their PC. Um, or on their mobile device, we, we just we've lost that differentiation and difference. We don't see a lesser amount these days. Now, we do see differences in average gift size based on the campaign. You know, if you're just asking for you know an event, or maybe a run, walk, swim, or you know different types of campaigns and engagements, we see differences in size. Um, we do see differences also between you know different generations or in, in different types of you know organizations uh, and depending what their cause is you will you'll see differences and averages uh, along those lines but not in the technology itself all right how would you respond to the person thinking that my donors are unique my donors are older my donors there's no way they want to get a text message from our organization ew yuck oh i think we should respect that so, um, again, it's one of the reasons we're not trying to promote mobile only as, as just mobile only is it really is about how do you optimize a full digital and, and, and a platform. Mobile is a key important part of it, but it's, it's about email. It's about mobile. It's about social. We really want to work on multiple channels of engagement and then find out what's best for that donor. In fact, we're doing some really interesting work with some direct mail people right now and partnering with them. Because even in direct mail, there's an opportunity to optimize. I think we we need to get out of the mode of single channel siloed approaches because that that's not good for the donor. And how do we work on 
multiple channels, and then optimizing the response path. So if somebody really likes doing direct mail, let them do direct mail. But if they hate getting direct mail because they think it's a waste and it's not, you know, they throw the mail away all the time and they really prefer online, then optimize them to online or somebody that prefers email versus text. I really think we need to push ourselves to respect the donor more and what they want and and then let them choose. Let the donor have more control on, well, I prefer to do direct mail or I prefer to do text or email. And from our point of view, we want to really help promote that. Like how do we how do we give the donor more control, more self-selection? Um, so that would be my first thought. I also think that things have changed a lot in the last two to three years. Um, if you look at the demographics just on Facebook, um, and it tends to be, you know, more baby boomer women, things like that as, as a core demographic, it's all on mobile, um, the majority of the engagement. And, you know, maybe it's because, uh, you know, like I know myself, if I ever want to get a hold of my niece or nephew, there's no way I call them, I can email them, but if I text them, they immediately respond. And I think maybe our kids are, you know, retraining us to uh, look at how we engage in different channels a little differently. Uh, I don't have any data to back that up. It's just a, you know, it's just a way that I, I think that our, our society is evolving and how we're changing um, uh, within it. All right. Thanks for playing pro-con. I like the point, uh, you know, it, mobile first is not mobile only. And remember multi-channel, but don't ignore the channel. Okay. We are going to go into rapid fire questioning. Are you ready for that phase? I'm ready, George. Prepared. Alrighty. Uh, what is one tech tool or website that you or your organization that has started using in the past year? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Facebook Live for video storytelling. I think video is a really, really important part of storytelling, and it helps differentiate organizations. And it's so simple and a short message to get what you're doing, what your what your call to action is, and what your impact is in a very short amount of time across. What are some of the tech dragons or major issues that you need to slay in the coming year? I really want to make sure we're providing more simplified donor insights. We need to make it easier to understand what your donors are doing and wanting and respecting that and creating more individualized donor experiences. Um, as I mentioned earlier, like optimizing the, 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 the path that they want to support. If somebody loves direct mail, let them do direct mail. If they love email, let them do email. If they love mobile or text, social. How do we help organizations optimize the, the appropriate channel of engagement for their donors? Cool. Uh, what is coming in next year that has you the most excited? You know, I, I, I'm i a big Apple fan, and I'm really excited about the iPhone 10. Um, I think there's a lot of really unique um, things that, uh, you know, it's like the next step up, next generation of engagement. And, you know, we're clearly in a smartphone age. And, and smartphones, you know, it's 10 years now since they launched the iPhone, and they really have – more than anything I can think of in our history, change the way we live, work, and play. And we use, I mean, I don't even know how many people talk on phones anymore, which is originally why they're invented, but, you know, their camera and calendar and our social life and banking, shopping, we use them as an encyclopedia and our alarm clock and, you know, our you know, travel and entertainment. And again, we occasionally talk on them, but it's just, it's interesting and fascinating how integral these devices have become. Um, to our lives, and, um, I, and I think the iPhone 10 just you know takes it to that next level. And there's some amazing things. I mean, if you're health conscious, um, 
you know, health monitoring services. You know, if you had issues with maybe some heart problems with the latest iPhone and iPhone 10, they can automatically tell regular rhythms and, and there's, there's opportunities for preventative health care. You know, we're moving into an aging population and having more autonomous, automatic things that can enhance our lives in a non-intrusive way, I think, we're sort of seeing a lot more of those things uh, around the uh, around the mobile devices. And it's not just iPhone; it's it's, it's any of the smartphone platforms. Mm-hmm. Talk about a mistake you made in your career that has shaped the way you now do things. I think we overemphasize mobile. Um, I think, it, as I said, it's, it's 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 mobile first, but not mobile only, and we've confused that message, uh, George. And it again, we had to think of it. It's it's we got to think about the channel versus the audience and in our space and all of our different companies that do technology, we get very channel focused and we tend to ignore the audience and we got to think about the audience. We got to think about what's best for the donor and our clients uh, and mobile is just one channel. And uh, I, I went through that before a little bit and I just, uh, you know, put an expla- explanation uh, on that point. Okay. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? Well, I think that's our I think that's our hope, right? I mean, if you're not in this business and in this space to help impact and to create impact, I, I think you're in the wrong business. And, you know, I go home on Friday, I get updates and reports on all the things that we do and helping our clients and all the great impacts. And I say I go home feeling really, really good on the weekends about what we do. And I love all the things we can do and uh, the technology and, you know, and, and the clients we have and to be able to have that impact and help them with their cause. And if, if you're not there to try to figure out how to help them achieve their mission, I think maybe you're in it for the wrong reason. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice to cure cancer, right? That would be an incredible thing to be able to support and, 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 and be able to say that we helped a cause go to business for the right reasons because they achieved their mission would be amazing. Um, but there's so many causes out there and needs um, that, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, it's going to be a long time before we start seeing very many go out of business. What is something that you think your organization or you personally should stop doing? I think I mentioned earlier is we just shut down our carrier billing because I didn't think it was very good for donors or for nonprofits. And it really, it, it you know, 80% of organizations don't qualify. 67% of donors didn't qualify because they weren't on individual plans. It was capped. You you really did cannibalize donations because if you only gave $25 and you could get over 100 or 150, you're cannibalizing donations or you're getting less. And I, I really think it's been a bit of a red herring in our industry. And so that's some of the things we stopped doing and we're very open about why we think there's better options out there than that. And if you had a Harry Potter wand that you could wave magically across the industry of nonprofits, what would it do? Why? I really like this question, George. <laughs> My son likes Harry Potter, by the way. So um, I think using rich media and video to better illustrate an organization's impact to donors or prospective donors and to help develop that real extreme commitment. I think one of the things digital can do is to help develop extreme commitment for donors and create that you know, so-called donor for life. And I really believe you have that ability, and I can you can do that through rich media and video. I think in the future, you know, virtual reality will help even transport you to that story or into that reality so that donors can see the impact almost firsthand or for themselves and and, and, and help facilitate more support. And I think the more you can connect the donor 
to it, the impact is, and demonstrating and seeing and showing that, um, I, I think that uh, you change the, the experience and you change the perception of donors for that nonprofit. And I, I think there's some very exciting things on the horizon for us that way. Very cool. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and talking through this uh, this field. As a final question, Sean, how do people find you? How do people help you? Um, we're um, uh, available at uh, mobilecause.com. It's www.mobilecause.com. And uh, there's lots of free resources and information and infographics and data that's available. They're free to access. So we're very big on sharing um, information, best practices and case studies. So we encourage anybody who wants access to that information to go to our website, take a look around, download it. Also happy to use contact information if they'd like to uh, talk to any of our consultants as well. Well, thank you for joining us so much, Sean, and take care. Yeah, thank you very much, George. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed his perspective on the text to give because it's, you know, it's been in the back of my mind thinking about how when you limit an ask to, let's say, 15 or 20 bucks, how you're cannibalizing the potential to ask that donor for more and, you know, hold it, hold back maybe any skepticism of sample size. But I think his analysis is correct. I believe that there is an opportunity on mobile. I believe we have to be working multi-channel when it comes to our marketing efforts, especially when it comes to giving in a crowded space and asking, you know, basically asking on any channel people hear us out on. And mobile is still wildly underutilized and an opportunity for a good many organizations, maybe not all, but I'd encourage you as we move into the heat of giving season to play with some of this stuff. And hopefully we've given you some ideas to think about. This has been episode number 77. You can find it at wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks for joining us. This week's music from the one and only Greg Thomas. GregThomasMusic.org is where you can find awesome melodic beats for your podcast. And and Greg now offers podcast editing at ThomasAudioEditing.com. ThomasAudioEditing.com to make your podcast sound just a bit better. This has been Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. Resources, as always, may be found at wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks for joining us.